sort of adopting the uh, traditional Chinese medicine approach of there is no stake, there's just a lesson learned. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm welcoming adversity, but I understand where adversity takes me. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. Tigger Montague is the owner of Biostar, a provider of nutritional supplements for dogs and horses. Tigger has been in the supplement industry, both human and animal, for 38 years. She competed in dressage as a professional, but had to give that up when she started Biostar. She's written two books, has a bi-monthly podcast called Healthy Critters, and lives on an organic farm in Virginia. Tigger Montague, welcome to the Off the Grid Biz podcast. Thank you, Brian. Why don't you let everyone know a little bit about how you ended up here? What's your life story up to this point? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my competition horse it was diagnosed with inflammation of the bursa, uh, the bursas in the foot. And my vet is one of the United States equestrian team veterinarians. We tried every drug, every modality known to man to get this horse sound. Nothing worked. And he finally said to me, I think we're going to have to to nerve him. And that means cutting the nerves in his foot so that he wouldn't feel it. The problem with nerving horses is that the nerve regenerates. So in a year or two, we'd have to go back and keep nerving him. So my vet was away at a big show in Calgary, Canada, and I thought, well, you know, if this horse is going to have surgery, maybe I should start thinking about preparing his body. And I was working at the time as a consultant for a human whole food company called Megafood, doing a lot of research on raw food, spending a lot of time in California. I thought, well, you know, maybe I should just start sprouting some and seeds, and I had a little dehydrator, and, all, and I just literally took, sprouted some seeds, added some papaya, made it into little cookies, dehydrated them, and started feeding them to my horse. To make a long story short, in about three weeks, I saw an improvement. And then my vet came, and he couldn't believe it, and he said, wow, if you can do something with nitric oxide, you might be on to something. And I didn't really know what nitric oxide was, but it turns out it's the master circulatory molecule of the body. And there are certain foods that are very high in an amino acid called arginine. Arginine is a precursor or a substrate for nitric oxide production. So I started looking at foods that were high in arginine, and they always contain lysine. And so I realized that in nature, Those two amino acids are always together. Now, some foods are high in lysine, low in arginine, and others are high in arginine, low in lysine. But when I sorted out the high arginine foods and made them into a a cookie, if you will, just dehydrated them and fed them to my horse, he came sound. And I went, 
whoa. <laughs> okay. Okay, there's really something to this food stuff. <laughs> wow. And that start that started the journey. That wow, that's that's incredible. So how did that meld into a business for you? Well, um my vet was so blown away by the results that he was on his way to Florida. This was I think in November. And he was on his way to Florida for the winter to the big winter circuit in Wellington. I was <laughs> making these um, bars and dehydrating them all winter and sending them next day air to him. And he was trying them on all sorts of different horses. I think I handmade somewhere like three to 4,000 bars that winter. He came back and he said, you've got to make this into a company. Wow. So how did you find your first customers? As a rider and a competitor, I was really familiar with the dressage world. So that's kind of where I started. Um, I had a lot of contacts. I knew a lot of people. I competed all up and down the East Coast. I trained in Europe. So I had a lot of connections. And that's sort of how I started. But it it really, it was like guerrilla selling. (laughs) Yeah. Because what I was when I was talking about whole food, people looked at me like I had three eyes. And this was back in 2007, and horses were getting highly processed feed. All the supplements were, you know, basically just um, byproducts of petrochemicals and the normal supplement industry. And so when I started talking about whole foods, they really thought I was off my rocker. But here we are in 2020, and um, many more people are hip to the importance of feeding real food. Absolutely. So just kind of worked word of mouth and within the communities that you already had. I went to shows. I set up my booth. There was a definite ground game. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. So you did a lot of shows. Did you do any um, other form of advertising or early on? None. None. Wow. No, it's all word of mouth. Fabulous. If you brought that forward to today, what's the most usual way for new people to find Biostar? Um, We have a pretty good web presence. We put fairly consistent money into SEO. Mm -hmm. We do do advertising. Uh, Healthy Critters is a podcast that's been a very beneficial way to get the word out without being an infomercial, you know, Mm -hmm. because we don't make it about Biostar. It's about the animals. We did do some print advertising. We've kind of cut down on that. I don't think it's as effective. We actually hired a marketing company just for PR, and that's been a huge boost because they have a mailing list of, like, you know, I don't know, 40,000 people. Uh-huh. So we can get email blasts out to a really, really big audience. And then, if, you know, people hearing about it from a friend or somebody in the barn, which is the best way. Yeah, Absolutely. We're recording this in July of 2020. How has this last year of all the crises and everything else that's going on with COVID-19, how has that affected your business? I was initially, like a lot of small business owners, I was very concerned. But it's actually been a really interesting time because now that the horse shows have opened up, they started opening up for us in June, and the shows are oversubscribed. At least in, I'll say, in Hunter Jumper and um, Dressage, not as much maybe. But in Hunter Jumper, they're just packed. People can't wait to get back in the show ring. So our business has been fine. And I took the leap 
introduced two new products that have been in beta test for over a year. First, I went, man, it's probably not a really good time to do this. But then I thought, you know, it, the health of the horse is something, whether there's COVID or not, we horse owners are still concerned and have to take care of our horses. Mm-hmm. So we just launched these two new ulcer formulas. Yeah, it's going great. Oh, that's fabulous. That's a, that's a great thing to hear. What do you think you're doing differently that other people could learn from? I'm not very high on my horse <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> I, just, I do so much by intuition. Mm-hmm. I really try to get out of my head because I spend so much time there as a formulator, you know, doing research. And if I get out of my head and really get quiet and meditate and connect, then I find that that guidance is really the best. And so I, although I initially stressed out, I think if small business owners can just take a deep breath and look for the silver linings, because they're always there. Sometimes it takes a while for them to show up, but they always eventually present themselves. And I think it's important to trust that. Look for the opportunities, even when things get rotten. That's brilliant advice. That's great. Had you up until this point done a lot of offline marketing, continue to go to the shows and so forth? No, I stopped that. Totally stopped that. Yeah. Why is that? Because the people that I really need to talk to, which are the writers and the trainers, they're too busy. You know, they've got all their clients and so many horses to ride and go to this class, that class. They just don't have time to sit and talk about their horse's diet. Mm-hmm. Especially in the early days when you're really talking about changing people's headspace about what a supplement is and what it can do and what it's made out of, that takes time. And you just can't do it in a you know one-minute sales pitch. Absolutely. Got it. Who would you say is your ideal customer? Who is the person that is most likely to get the most out of what Biostar brings to them? Dog, if anybody with a dog. <laughs> yeah, of course. We, we tend to, I, I would say about 60% of our business is with the uh, performance horses. So that's the horses that compete, whether they be rainers or barrel racers or dressage horses or event horses. Um, it, it's the, the competition horses. And then... You know, the other 40% are people who have retired horses, senior horses. Generally, people come to us when they have a problem that hasn't maybe initially been solved by traditional veterinary medicine or traditional supplements. So they wind up coming to us looking for a solution in a different way, you know, more complementary medicine. Makes sense. What's your most popular product? For canines, it's our colostrum 38, which is bovine colostrum. Mm -hmm. For horses, we have a whole line of whole food multivitamin minerals called Optimum, one for seniors and one for the metabolic or easy keeper and one for horses with ulcers. So we have a whole line in this Optimum lineup. Those are our best sellers in equine because every horse can benefit from a whole food multivitamin mineral. Excellent. As a whole, what do you like best about your business and the industry? Well, I, I love horses, and I love dogs. I've eight Australian shepherds. <laughs> They're like lace potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's the animals. I love the industry because of the animals. Definitely the animals. The animals come first, and they come first even when we are helping customers. It's all about their animal. There are many times when I will tell a customer, 
we just don't have what you need, but I recommend this XYZ company because they have something that will probably work. Mm -hmm. So it's all about putting the animal first. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation. You know, when people ask me what I do, I tell them I'm a business growth strategist. And they say, well, what the heck is that? It's all about standing out against your competition, standing out within your industry, standing out in front of your most ideal clients so that there is no competition. There is no comparison. There's nobody else out there that can do what you do in the way that you do it, whether that be products, services, or otherwise. One of the toughest places to stand out is when you're discussing the concept of competition. So whether your customers see it as competition or whether it's only you that sees it as competition, if there is competition out there, it's going to be standing in your way. And there's no competitive force out there that I see as common, as ubiquitous as Amazon.com. Amazon.com has become the devil to most e-commerce based businesses for sure. And it's certainly putting the squeeze on offline businesses also. So that's why I set out to write the book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business, How to Stand Out in Your Industry and Make All Competition Completely Irrelevant. Now, whether Amazon.com is your competition or not, or whether you're teamed up directly with Amazon.com, this book will help you to look past anyone as your competition. Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Now, this book is not out as of this recording, but if you want to find out when it's available and how you can get your very own free copy, I want you to go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. If you leave me your information, I will let you know as soon as that's available. And not only that, but anything else that we end up offering having to do with this book. For example, how you can get a hard copy of this book. How you can get the audio version of this book. How you can take part in workshops related with the concepts within this book. That's nine ways to Amazon proof your business. Go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. And now back to the conversation. Yeah. So on the other end of the coin, if there's one thing you could change about your business and industry, what would it be? It seems like a part A and a part B. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what I would change about my business, a larger production facility. <laughs> um. And what I would change about the industry is evolve in the industry is the recognition that we are all connected to the animals, to the plants, to other people. I really see such a disconnection. I think that's a, a real problem. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned your podcast. Talk a little bit about how you fell into the podcasting arena and what, what you think about it. I think podcasting is awesome. I was actually asked to be a contributor to an existing podcast. And so once a month, they would call me and we would record a segment. Then that the person who was doing the podcast decided not to podcast anymore. And I thought, wow, this is an opportunity to grab her time slot. I went to the podcast company that she was working with. We developed Healthy Critters, and that was, it's going to be three years in November. 
I keep saying I'm going to do this, but we, of course, have the recordings of our earliest podcasts, which were a disaster because <laughs> me and my co-host, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just laughing and giggling and having fun and making all these mistakes, and our producer was losing his hair and getting gray, and <laughs> but, but he was luckily laughing, too. But we had so many bloopers, it would take us like an hour to record maybe 15 minutes because of all the mistakes and bloopers. And and I keep saying, you know what, we're going to take, we're going to get the best of our bloopers one day and put it on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I think podcasting is so important because I think people really like to listen. And we know that people listen to Healthy Critters while they're mucking stalls. and, And it's a great way to get education forward and and good feelings you know good energy and the world needs good energy and i think a podcast is a great way to do that and you mentioned before that it's not necessarily a direct business tie-in so you no, not at all yeah do you see more of it being uh, a, a part of the community that you've already developed with biostar that's listening to the podcast or is it you know, outside of that? It, or is it... It's outside of the Biostar. It's a whole group of horse people that are connected to the podcast company that we do our podcast through, which is just for horses, the Horse Radio Network. Mm-hmm. And that's all they do is horse programming. That's it. So we got an audience that we had never had before at Biostar, a whole different group of horse people that didn't know who we were. We have like between six and 7,000 regular listeners, which is pretty good. That's great. And we make it fun. Yes, we have some serious topics, especially on the nutritional side, but we always try to make it really lighthearted too. So you learn something and then you get to laugh. (laughs) Because there's so much oppression. When I mean oppression, I mean there's so much hard, difficult news to take in or ignore that, you know, to be able to laugh is to reduce stress. It increases serotonin in the brain. It, it helps your gut microbes. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to, to laugh. And mm-hmm. so we kind of make lightheartedness a part of the podcast. That's really great. And that's Healthy Critters. And they can yep. find that wherever they find podcasts? Yes. Apple, Google Play, wherever you okay. get a podcast, you can find Healthy Critters. Fabulous. Fabulous. Perfect. If you and I were to talk again, let's say in a year, and we were to look at what had happened over the last 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy about your progress concerning both your your personal life and your business? I am happy with my business when all my employees are happy and our customers satisfied. If we don't grow by, you know, double digits, okay, I'm a little disappointed, but that's really not the point. Mm. You know what I mean? So my satisfaction comes from a really great team that I work with and taking care of the animals. So from this year to next year, as long as we're maintaining that, I'm really good. Of course, I am competitive, and I want to beat the previous year, and that's just my nature. But I don't make that the make or break point of happiness. Sure. Say In my personal life, it's just to stay healthy and, and interested and excited about every day. Awesome. Are there any obstacles that are in your way from achieving that? I would say in my personal life, because I'm in my late 60s, you know, you never know when something's going to 
<laughs> something unexpected. In my business life, I've had to endure some really tough times with my business. As difficult as those times were, they really gave me a lot in the long run. And they really gave me strength and they really gave me resilience and belief in myself. So now I, I'm sort of adopting the uh, traditional Chinese medicine approach of there is no stake, there's just a lesson learned. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm welcoming adversity, but I understand where adversity takes me. Mm. And that helps because then I'm not afraid of it. That's a, that's a great perspective. That's fabulous. The advantage of being a crone. <laughs> So do you have any blanket advice for other business owners out there? My blanket advice would be do what you love. And if your business is what you love, then no matter what pitfalls or logs in the path or floods or pestilence come your way, stay to your truth and stay to what makes your heart sing. If you're in a business that really doesn't make you feel that way, maybe it's time to do something different. Absolutely. Tigger, thanks so much for being with us. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to answer? I don't think so. I would love to know about your audience. That's a great question. Our audience comes from a really wide gambit of people looking to be more independent in some way. And within that group, the reason why we reached out to you is because a lot of them have animals that they either take care of or that are a partner <laughs> in crime wherever they're yep, at. And so I they, get it. You know, and they're looking for ways to be able to keep them healthy without being dependent on all the typical sources. Having somebody that knows about uh, the, the natural way, like you said, just feeding them good quality food and letting the body do what it's supposed to do, having that is a, is a big deal. And I, I know that the, your customers play into that as well. So that it seemed like a good fit for our audience. Gotcha. Many people in your audience are already small business owners. Some of them are small business owners. Some of them are looking into it. Some are just interested in the topics of self-reliance that we cover on here. We have a wide range. That's cool. Yeah. You know, the one thing about being a small business owner is it is really one of self-reliance. And yet you really do need to have a team as you grow. And whether that's your partner or your children or your best friend, having a team together is really, really important. It's not a solitary journey. Yeah, it's kind of that I've mentioned it in previous episodes and in, in videos I posted online. Self-reliance is a bit of a misnomer because it makes yeah. it think that, that you're on your own, but it's really impossible. It's impossible. We're all interdependent in some way. It's important to understand where that lies while at the same time being as independent as you can be in the areas that you want to be. Yeah, so, I call it sovereignty. There you it's go. That's great. Sovereignty. That's a great way to talk about it. That's great. Don't piss off your suppliers. <laughs> Boy, that's a good one. <laughs> and in, in COVID, it's become a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Just shipping, just getting things, just getting raw material. You have no idea. It's a nightmare. And it's so, so important not to blow your gasket and go, where the heck are my whatever? Because they're under as much stress as you are. Absolutely. So you're saying that the demand has remained yeah. or increased on your end, but on the yeah. supply end, the logistics on the supply well, end, you've been having issues. Oh, it's a big kahuna. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's common. 
when you don't have a raw material, you're out of stock. You're done, and they're going to move on to somebody else. The supplement industry is really competitive. Mm, very good. Well, thank you so much for the time you spent with us, Tigger. Oh, this was so fun. Yeah, thank you. I, I enjoyed it, too. What could listeners who want to find out more about you and Biostar, what, what would you recommend they do? Our website is biostarus.com. My books are also on there. I have a book about how to feed uh, whole food to horses and one for dogs called The World According to Kimasabi, who is my oldest uh, Australian shepherd and a frequent blogger himself. And that includes how to feed a raw diet to dogs or home cook, how you cook, use different foods for different imbalances in dogs, kidney problems, liver problems, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, really using food as medicine. And I have to, I wanted to make sure I said this. Many years ago, I spent time with a, a medicine man named Michael Ravenhorse. And I was making dinner for him one night. And I'm chattering away, right? Pot cooking, all this stuff cooking, chattering like a little magpie. And he said, stop. And I looked at him like, oh, my God, I, I pissed off the medicine man. <laughs> he he said, you're making medicine, so you need to put all your love and all your good feelings into the meal. And that had such an impact on me that when my production area at Biostar, we have rules. Like if you've had a fight with your wife and you come in in the morning to work, you have to go home. You can't bring that stuff to the food. Yeah. Because the food will pick it up. I mean, even when you make your own home meals, really important to be, you know, in the moment and putting love and good feelings into the food and not oh, chattering great. away like a magpie. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much, Tigger, for joining us. Tigger Montague, owner of Biosar. Thanks so much for being on the Off the Grid Biz podcast. It was such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a lot of fun with Tigger there. She's a very interesting person and she has such an amazing background, lots of good stories. I think the first thing that popped out to me about her is her origin story. If you own a business, what's your story about? Do you have that gut-wrenching story about how you got into your industry? How she got into nutritional supplement industry for animals? I mean, that's pretty incredible. It, it kind of came out of nowhere but it's something that will endear her to her client base, for sure. And it's something that's memorable. But it's actually very useful to be able to humanize you and to give a perspective of where you're coming from and what your thoughts are when it comes to your customer base. So your story ought to be not only put out there once, it ought to be tied in to the fabric of your business to the point that everyone knows it, especially your die-hard customers. They really ought to know your story. The second thing I thought was interesting was her comments about why she no longer does the horse shows and doing any of the offline activities. She needs a longer conversation with that audience that they just do not have the time to discuss it the way they need to discuss it so that they understand the importance of nutritional supplementation for their animals. That's important to understand because not all products are the same. You may have a product line that could be described very quickly. 
we've had people on in the past that do live shows that can do a demonstration very quickly to show the effectiveness of their products and that's how they're able to sell so many when they go to trade shows and things of that sort. So know what marketing works and doesn't work for the products and services that you're trying to sell. That's a very important thing. Don't waste your money in an area that is not producing. The last thing was the importance of being able to get out of her head and just trust her intuition. It's so easy when you are the one running the company to feel like you have to be on it all the time and watching all the numbers and getting into all the details. But you have to set time aside, even if you have to schedule it. You have to schedule time aside to just unwind and meditate, pray, whatever it is that you do to get yourself out of your head so that you can just let whatever that is that comes in that gives you the real gut feeling of which way to go. Because when you trust your gut, it usually works to your benefit. Tigger's one of those people I'd love to have back on the show again sometime because she has such an interesting perspective. And I think it's useful to everybody to be able to go back and re-listen to this episode. Very good conversation. Join us again on the next Off the Grid Biz Podcast. Brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast, go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on this show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.